Hey besties, it's Juju, KP and TT. Tools down, time to chat work, life, well-being and relationships. And you're listening to Let's Take It Offline. Welcome to the Take It Offline podcast. We're excited to be here and ready to share with all our listeners. We're three young professionals in our late 20s and 30s and currently working at some of the largest companies in the world whilst navigating life in all its aspects. On this podcast, we'll be looking to talk all things top of mind for young professionals these days, or yo pros, from career, well-being, finance, dating, ambition, and most importantly, having fun whilst doing all of this. This week, we have a juicy topic for you. So this week, we're talking about our career journey in tech. Um, A lot of you out there is probably wondering what do you even mean by tech? And what does it mean to be working in tech? So today is all about that. We will be demystifying some of the common sort of beliefs around what you have to be to work in tech and you know how technical you have to be. And also want to touch on a few things about how to get into a career in tech and also what work-life balance means for us as well. So that's how we're going to frame the podcast today and hope you enjoy. Okay, so... I'll start mm-hmm. since I'm the oldest yeah. and I always get to, I always get to start. This is great. I enjoy this. So what does it mean to be in tech for me? I so my career journey is probably less traditional. Um, I also grew up in a household where I should have been a doctor, but that was not for me because A when I see blood I faint. <laughs> so I don't think I I don't think it would have worked out well for me. You're a hypochondriac though, so I can see some of that. Yeah, yes. yes. I am a little bit hypochondriac. I always go to the doctor for everything. But, yeah, can't handle blood. Um, so I actually started my career more so in sales. I sold Mini Coopers um, to begin with. And then I was selling grace removals. And I did not know that about you. Yeah, and I also was a makeup artist worked in a photography studio and I started in I studied interior architecture how on earth did I land in tech I actually moved to the UK and I think I was a receptionist there earning like 18,000 quid um, when I first got there and I knew I had to get out of that because that was just not joyful I have to say making coffee and you know sitting there by yourself there's literally no team interaction and I got offered an opportunity to interview for um, a small tech startup they were actually a zero add-on at the time so I ended up working for them for roughly two and a half years I think so I did my visa in London my visa ran out came back to Australia luckily they also had an office in Barangaroo, brilliant. So I got to come home and go straight into that role and I got a bit of a pay bump, happy days. Um, But I think there were like three or four people in total in the team. So it was a very small team, typical startup, which also meant that you had to wear a lot of different hats, um, doing different roles. And, and, you know, if anyone ever wants to get into startup space, you know, there's not a lot of processes. You kind of have to figure out how to do things 
um, and you, you, you're learning as you go and you develop what those processes are, which is great, right? So I really enjoyed that. But then I moved to a larger organization, um, which is actually how we all met. And it was very process driven, large organi organizations usually are. But I ended up, I think I actually kind of got lucky getting hired because there was a, a restructure of the organization and they were looking for sellers, people that knew how to sell fresh energy rather than people that, uh, you know, have been in the tech industry for a long time. Um, and, and, and yeah, they're essentially looking for fresh blood in a way, people that would come in and do things a little bit differently. So I think I got lucky at, at the time, but I think we all need a little bit of luck sometimes. So I ended up landing that role for um, about five years being in tech and I did an account executive role there and then I also became a bit of a specialist in um, more the uh, business application space, space which is awesome. Um, and I think in terms of demystifying the tech industry, you don't really need to be you know, an engineer, you don't need to be totally agree. technical. Every organization has marketing. Every mm -hmm. organization needs salespeople. Every organization needs services. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to go in and be, oh, I'm, a, I'm an architect or yeah. I'm an engineer. So anyway, that's, that's my experience coming into the tech space. Um, but also, like you, Titi, was a trier. Tried so many different things <laughs> until I got to, okay, right, this is what I want to do. I actually enjoy this now. Because I tell you, being a makeup artist and losing your weekends, because mm. on Friday night you're cleaning your brushes for yeah. for weddings in the morning. And you have to wake up like 3, 4 a.m., right? And, and then you got to do like four or five yeah. faces, get up at 4 in the morning. Not for me. Yeah, I think if anything, like you said, you don't have to be technical to end up in tech. There's so many transferable skills that you pick up on the way and that you can actually learn um, on the job. I think is a big one because I don't have a technical bone either and you just learn on the job and I've fallen in love with it to actually really understand it as well so I think for our like listeners it's like to get into tech you don't need to necessarily know how to code you don't need to learn how how developer works I mean if you want to go down the developer path for sure but if you want to actually approach it from a business lens that's fine as well and the, and i don't know if you notice that they don't teach sales as a degree in university <laughs> True, <Why? laughs> but it's such a actually um i think there's a stigma around a sales career as a path like mm. similar to jules talk that they say like i, I think myself as well i didn't want to be a salesperson because you associate it with like a like a dirty car salesman <laughs> dirty car tire sales. kicker yeah tire kicker but it's actually such a great um inroad into a tech career because you learn so many interpersonal skills so many commercial skills as well that are transferable across so many different industries and i think once you're once you've you know obtained a lot of those skills when you get the opportunity to work for a large organization they will invest in your development and learning so you know if there are other areas that you want to go into then you can yeah but just think about what your skills are mm. that you're really good at i 
was good at talking. <laughs> so I thought, all right, I'll get into sales. And here I am, right? Like I've been in sales for 12 years, selling all sorts of things. I sold life insurance. Oh, that was depressing. I sold uh, credit card insurance. Um, I sold all sorts of weird things, but you learn along the way. Yeah, I think that you definitely have a much more tenured and sales career than TT and I. TT and I came from, I think, a more typical route mm-hmm. rather than an external. So I actually, like I mentioned in our pilot, is that I actually started out um, doing law because that's kind of the traditional path that a lot of um you get taught that way either you go into uh, established careers as a as a doctor in medicine or in law or finance but so I started in law um and I tried um working at some of the large large companies in the world um that's doing taxation law oh my uh, three three volumes of legislation no offense to any of our listeners who are in that industry but just does not suit my personality that's for sure (laughs) yeah I actually um picked up so many soft skills actually doing law that have been translated into business um such as like how I negotiate um emails um it's actually been incredibly incredibly helpful into a commercial career but I entered tech through marketing to be honest as can you can you do all my emails (laughs) She would draft all your emails for you. <laughs> she's, a, she's got a template for everything. Yes. <laughs> Copy and paste. I do love a good structure. <laughs> I actually started out as an intern um, and went via an internship program. It was so like unexpected. As at the time, I was doing marketing as a major. And for marketers, you... W- want to get into the likes of like Procter and Gamble and Unilever yeah. that's like the the gold standard like Bank Re- yeah RB as well I got into final rounds for all of them but I didn't make it through in the end and um I um applied for uh, a product manager uh internship at, at an organization at one of at an organization and I got it um and then loved it so much when I fell into it and did it for a year before um they accepted me as a graduate i actually got accepted before i graduated uni so i was working full-time and finishing off my degree at the same time fancy yeah so they they really invested in me early and um i got lots of advice also to actually dabble in sales and that's the direction that i went into to hone my skills there even though I'm like an introverted personality I think that it's not necessarily what I would have geared towards because there was a stigma around sales too um and I'm unlike Jules I'm not like I don't love to talk that much <laughs> but um, when she does talk yeah but when I do talk I make sure my opinion is heard <laughs> um but um uh and that's kind of where I also Um, fell into and ended up absolutely loving and I did that for in a customer facing capacity for around like five or so years before really deciding to go back to my roots which was a lot more in product uh, go to market marketing um, to and and corporate strategy essentially 
where I see a lot of my skills that I pick up from uni still being transferable to it is what it is now. But yeah, it's been quite unorthodox, I'd say, is how I, how I ended up here. And oftentimes I think back and I'm like, wow, it could have been so different. I could have been working in corporate law. Yeah, and imagine. Yeah, and what could looking have been? at what could have been, <laughs> looking at like drafting submissions or like reading legislation yeah going to court maybe doing litigation i have no idea but like it could have been down a very different path so i know someone that is doing litigation law maybe we should get her in just to see what her career journey's been yeah she's only 25 she's quite young yeah so she's quite junior into you know her her role but you know, that could have been you, KP. No. There's just so many um, little nuggets there that you mentioned in terms of like different stigmas around sales roles mm. and, you know, what sort of personality you have to be able to do a sales job, for example. And I think we should really unpack that in the next, you know, episodes around career. Um, I also think as well that, um, you know, no matter what you do, like you always mm. sort of leverage your previous experience to get you to where you want to go next, right? And, you know, if I if I were to think about my journey, like when I came to Australia, I was 19 and my very first job in Australia was actually to work at Maccas. Like I literally oh, wow. started... Stop. Wow. I didn't yeah, know that about I literally you. started working, like, first of all, you have to like, clean the tables and the bathrooms and you get promoted you get promoted to like cashier and then like I was doing fries in one of their like most busy stores um which was really interesting and I remember um, I went to Sydney University and the career officer was like you need to think about like how you position your your job right like don't, don't just say that oh like i worked at mcdonald's what does it mean like mcdonald's one of the biggest organizations in the world and they actually have like all of their processes and things like that down pat and there's just so much that you learn from there that can be applied to your next job yeah and that was one of the most important career advice oh, i've ever gotten 100 yeah i i also started in fast food ah. as a, in subway <laughs> ah. and the way they brand it is i was a sandwich artist there you go Always an artist. <laughs> Always an artist. Um, while we're there, I worked at Walk in a Box <laughs> once upon a time as Look well. At so we all had as a chef, and, um, definitely not as a chef. Food and beverages. I mean, I think when you're going through university, we've got to pay the bills, right? Exactly. I did. Yeah. Um, I was waitressing at a restaurant for like six or seven years as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't sure how far back we wanted yeah. to go, but I mean, for me, it was. The matter of just getting some sort of experience here um in the first place and you know from there i sort of did a bunch of unpaid work experiences i even interned interned um, at one of the magazines in the city and literally got to work on this mothers and and babies magazine and we were packing like prizes for mothers of the, of the year awards which i thought was so interesting um, but I grew up in a family where my parents owned their, their own business and it was around clothing and textile. So when I was growing up, I always thought that I would become like, you know, I, I work in fashion or work in retail or, you know, something along those lines. And then that's why I decided to do marketing in uni. And I also did accounting as well because that was my way in to get my, pers- my uh, permanent residency in Australia. Um, but, you know, one way... One thing led to another, I was um, doing a, a group project with this girl 
and she was actually doing an, an, an internship at the same company that KP mentioned. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, I, I'm just curious. I'm just going to tag along to see what it's all about. And I applied to the, to the internship and somehow got it. And I was doing it um, part-time while I was doing my honors thesis in marketing. And then from there, I was not as lucky as KP to be able to get a grad job with them. Um, but I moved to another tech company, hated it. I stayed for eight months and I went back to the original company and joined them as a grad again, which was probably one of the like one of the best things that ever happened, really. Um, you got to meet me. <laughs> yeah, and we got to and like- me. And we got to experience a whole bunch of like overseas trips together, yeah. right? My first job as well was with the APAC team, with the um, with the team based of Singapore. So I got to travel to Singapore, Vietnam, mm. Cambodia. We did trips to Dublin, to to the to America. So yeah, it was a really diverse experience. Um, and I also started out in marketing similar to um, KP. And I thought to myself, you know, it just gets really tiring to tell salespeople what to do. <laughs> I was like, I just want to get out there and do all the things like invite my customers to events, you know, like track all the leads and, you know, whatever opp- opportunities coming out of events. And then, so it's like, right, I really want to get into sales. Mm-hmm. And one of the key reasons for that as well is because I just find that with sales, like, it's almost like psychology. You kind of have to understand the behavior. You have to understand what makes them tick. And then from there, you work out how to gel with people. And that's one of the key skills I think you can build for yourself in your lifetime. And so I went down the path and, you know, initially the sales manager was like, mm, we think you can do a sales job, but you haven't had any customer facing experience. So why don't you try something kind of in the middle? And that's how I became a technical account manager. And then within 18 months, I positioned myself for a sales role and I got accepted and actually took over from Jules um, from her old sales mm. job. Um, and yeah, I've never looked back since. And you know, um, from that time, I actually moved to another organization now, working with one of the most amazing organizations in the world, um, working with customers in a segment that I'm super passionate about. Mm. So for me, it's all around, you know, not to, to be, um, too absorbed in where you are, but think about your current experience as a stepping stone for your next job and where you want to go. Yeah, I love that. I think one of the things I th- that I reckon we've all discovered is that in tech, it's kind of like a career playground rather than a career ladder. You can move across different disciplines, different roles, depending on how you want to develop as an individual you don't necessarily need to do that with a technical background mm. um, and you can always learn on the job yeah. as well and I had great advice from one of the managers um, doing you know doing a bit of a career plan on what I wanted to do next and this is the thing about tech companies is they're always asking you what do you want to do next because they don't want you in a role for 10 years they want you in a role for two or three years and then go do something else to KP's point about that career playground. And that advice from this manager was, your next role should be, you might have 40% of those skills, you might, but you should go and learn 60% because Mm -hmm. if you're going into a role where you essentially know 
a hundred percent of everything you're not going to learn you're not going to grow you're not going to find it challenging and you end up being bored yeah right? and and if you're in a role where you feel like you already know most of it mm. then you're not in the right role anymore and Correct. it's time to move on mm. and i think there was a stat as well around and this is this was a study back in 2014 but um women are likely to apply for jobs when they feel like they're 100% ready for a job, whereas mm. men, you know, if they're 60% there, they'll put up their hand to do it. So yeah. I feel like over the, over the years that has changed a lot, mm-hmm. but I just want to make sure that our listeners who are thinking about, like, moving to another role within the organisation or moving into tech or any other industry in, in general, um, don't think that, don't undersell yourself, like, you know, you already have a skill set. It's just more how you transfer those skill sets into your next role, mm. and don't feel like you have to be a hundred percent ready for the role either. And and I think it's not as simple as, hey, that's what I want to do. I'm gonna go do it. You've got to pull together a band of supporters. Yeah. You know, sponsors, coaches, mm. mentors within the organization to kind of prove your value in a way but also use it as a learning point when you do get feedback from them to say hey these are the key areas that you need to improve on here are the things just like what you did td here are the things you need to go and do to get that customer facing experience and then we'll give you a shot at a sales role so you know there's more to it it's not as simple as okay i want to go do that you know i'm going to go and do it the other key um, thing that I, uh, one of the other managers also said to me was, look at your career as like a coloring board. Mm. What color do you not have? That color being a skill. Yeah. What skill do you want to go and acquire? Mm. What role is going to get you that skill? Yeah. And how do you go about getting that? Don't look at it as, oh, I want to get that role. But why do you want that role? Because I want X, Y, Z skill. Mm. Yeah, I love the analogy around the color board. I think that's definitely something I think about when I think about what I want to do next in my career. What do you look for, TT? Wow, that is a big, big question. Um, (laughs) And I think it ties back to, like, I guess, who you are as a person and where you are at in terms of your life stage as well. Yeah. I think in the last couple of years since COVID and I've had like a few like big events happening in my life like Mm. I've really thought about what I want to shape my life to be and also what role my career has in that as well and you know what I just want to have a lot of fun Fun. yeah Yeah. and I I also I also think that you know your career could be a really good way for you to develop as a person right and so exactly like Jewel said is really is is really around what skills do I want to have that I don't really have you know what can I acquire in terms of new experience Mm. whether do I want to leave overseas do I want to use my corporate career as a way to fund some some very fun side projects and just kind of experiment with different things um and also connecting with like like line-minded people like you guys right yeah and really smart really intelligent people where i feel like well they're really challenging me and make me feel make me think about you know like where i can grow as a person Mm. as well 100 percent. i think that like uh, similarly during covid like my perspective on career really shifted like it's if you're constantly chasing a 
goal, like, oh, I want to get the next promotion, I want to climb up the ladder, the goalpost keeps on shifting. So if you actually take a step back and not have that as like a limiting factor or a like a signpost, you can actually think about like what you want to really do with your career. Yeah. And that, I, that's exactly what I look for as well. It's like, okay, next thing, what would I want to really learn? Um, and that's exactly what made me decide to leave like an amazing sales career that I had going is because I wanted to learn more about corporate strategy. I wanted to learn more about product. I wanted to learn more about marketing as the next phase of my life to get me to where I potentially want to be in the future, which could be running my own business. Um, the company that we all worked at together, the CEO used to say something along the line of, I'm not going to try to memorize everything that he said, yeah. but basically he said, you know, use a company as a platform for you to do what you really want to do in your mm-hmm. life, right? And I look at that in two ways. So first of all, you know, look at the company as a platform for you to help people, right? It could be that you're really passionate about equality you're really passionate about giving everyone equal opportunities so use your organization to do that yeah and also the second angle to that as well is use your corporate career to you know not just as the the means uh, you know like beyond and all but also a means to realizing things that you want to do so there's no harm in you saying I just want a really crazy job that pays really well so I can do, you know, fun things on the side. Yeah. Or I just want to be in an organization where they have, like, amazing benefits. I don't have to worry about, like, healthcare. I don't have to worry about, you know, food because a lot of tech companies feed you for free, which is amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just more around, like, making your job work for you rather than working your job. Mm. I think our listeners are trying to figure out where, which company can I go and work for that's yeah. going to feed me for free. I loved what Titi just said because essentially is whatever your purpose is, you can essentially find that in an organisation and use them as a platform to help you feel fulfilled. And obviously we're going to probably talk about, we can unpack that in another in another session around fulfilment. How do we find fulfilment in a workplace? Mm-hmm. It's a much deeper topic. But... Can I just say what I look for? Yeah. Oh, is for some time I was chasing the dosh. Mm, that's I, why that's you had fair. a long sales career. I had a long sales career because it's a I golden was, handcuff. I was chasing the dosh, and I tell you, it has. I had no idea the potential I I could earn. Mm. Okay, and when you triple your target, Jules, was that I mean, that, at that time? Look, you know you win some you have really successful years sometimes you have really unsuccessful years it's just the 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 sales game in Mm -hmm. general but i think it's okay if you're at that point in your life where you just want to make a shit ton of money yeah i agree 100 percent. i think that walking away from said golden handcuffs is very hard yeah there's a big opportunity cost that you have to weigh up but that's certainly something i had to consider when i was changing companies as well Um, and fundamentally I think if you're at a point in life where like for example you might be having a family soon you might be buying a house Mm. there's a lifestyle you want to have Mm. that money actually is a big driving factor Mm. and there's no shame in chasing the dollars if that's what you need at that point in time 
um and that's something that you have to make as a decision yourself yeah so i think that's a really good segue to maybe the, the next topic that we wanted to touch on which is how you balance your work and life right and I feel like there's no such thing as work-life balance anymore. Mm. Work is just part of your life. Work-life integration. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's funny, right? Because being in sales, I had a friend ask me, you know, oh, what time do you finish work? Mm. Well, I'm in sales. Work never finishes. I could be, you know, on an email um, to a customer, I don't know, in the US I, somewhere. Yes. It, it, you're you are performance based yeah Yeah. so you work your hours Mm. that's the flexibility that companies like these large tech companies that we talk about give you and that's what it should be about is you don't have to sit there nine to five it's not about clocking in and clocking out in a sales role if you come into a sales role thinking that you're going to clock in and clock out you have got a lot of learning right because it is about results yeah. You know, you want to hit your sales number. I agree. I, 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 I remember like I was trying to close a deal on Christmas Eve on a strawberry farm. <laughs> <laughs> waiting no one, no waiting for, yeah, no one, it's so performance driven. Yeah. Like you can dictate your own time, how hard you want to work. Um, and, um, and that's at that moment, I decided that that's what I wanted to do on the strawberry farm whilst picking strawberries and closing deals yeah but that's work-life balance for you you're able to pick strawberries and close deals at the same time that's brilliant <laughs> and um i'm currently working with this u.s company um we've been working on this opportunity for a year now and we're just in the home stretch and for the last few weeks i've been doing 6 a.m calls um two times a week with this customer um, but then, you know, after my call, like I, I get to go for a quick serve or go for a walk before I actually go back into like my, my nine to five, which I really appreciate. Um, and I think we have to acknowledge the fact as well that we're super, super lucky. And I think the three of us are very grateful that we actually in jobs where, you know, we get really good compensation. We have really good sort of work-life balance. Um, but there are so many important jobs out there. Like you could be a nurse, you could be, you know, a scientist, right? And you might not be as well compensated, but you're also following your passion, right? So I guess what we're trying to um, touch on here is that it doesn't have to be a really high paying job, right? If it's really fulfilling you as to your purpose, your core values, who you are, um, that is also really good, right? It's not all about money, mm. um, in life and you know sometimes you have to think as well around as kp said like your life stage right i think me and and jules we're like in our early to like mid i'm past my mid 30s now so you kind of think about like you know even if you one day decide to walk away from your career or even have a quick career break and become like a full-time mom it doesn't mean that you know you're any less than someone who is in like a six-figure job. Yeah, I think it's um it's also you know very empowering when you see all these women that have I don't know two, three, mm. four kids and they're still in sales roles and they're still on their laptops at all times. Can I just say they're all very sleep deprived? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, each to their own, um, but I think. You know, this is probably also a bit of a segue, but we can certainly talk about other taboo 
subjects mm. like what, how much do we earn? Mm. Um, hit us up on our Facebook page. Let us know what you want to hear about. Uh, we'll segue into um, the last topic now. Uh, we want to give you some tips, I guess, around career in tech. If you want to get into a career in tech, where should you begin? Yeah, I think that that's a good place to start. Like, if for those that are outside of tech right now, what are the things that you could probably do to get in? Yeah, I would say I I'm ha- I would say that one of the things is number firstly take a look at what you're currently doing and what are the skills that you're picking up on from your job that can be transferred across multiple organizations. So for example, if you're having a finance career right now, that there are plenty of finance roles at these companies that you could actually move into and then step into something else as your next role. My, my, the biggest piece of advice that I've been given that's really helped me is to not be short-sighted, be, be thinking about where you wanna head in two roles time. Mm. So the next role you take might not be the one that you want to do, but that will lead you to the next one that you actually really want to do. Yeah. Um, I think we might have attended the same session because I remember that tip as well. (laughs) 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 Always being like two roles ahead. Um, But also from that session, someone mentioned, um, and again, I'm I'm not going to be able to recite like exactly what I said, but pretty much your career plan is like, you know, it's, it's not your GPS, it's more a compass. So, you know, along the way, you you know, if you're following a GPS, you have to like follow everything to the T. But when it comes to career, it might not work that way, right? Because sometimes the right role for you might not be available when you want to change jobs or yeah. you might need to take some time off a family. But your compass is a, certain, is a certain role. And along the way, you might have to chop and change your plan, but you still head that direction and every new skill that you acquire or every new experience is getting you a bit closer to that. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's almost like have a plan but know that that plan might not be Mm. what you actually stick to, but that plan will actually help guide you to where you want to be. The other um, tip as well, and this might be controversial, funny, but I was looking at this TikTok video the other day and they say if you're looking for a guy that meets all your requirements and you're only looking at six foot and above guys, then you're, you're missing out on a whole pond of fish and i think it's the same for a career in tech and these guys are laughing but it's true like (laughs) you don't always need to look for jobs in like you know the biggest cloud providers or the biggest SaaS companies there are so many roles in sort of you know adjacent companies like could be partners it could be distributors it could be you know, local startups that might, you know, have that tech angle. And then from there, you pivot into other organization that will give you, you know, better sort of access to um, a career path that you're passionate about. The other thing to think about is what about the industries? You know, if you've got particular experiences in a particular industry, like tech companies, is always looking mm. for people who know the industry yeah um so you can really bring insight from 
what you know about, I don't know, wholesale, retail, banking, whatever it may be, right? So think about, you know, even industry evangelist um, or sometimes if you want to get into sales, yeah. you know, account executives for a particular industry. Yeah, 100%. Um, in my old team, right, um, and back in the organization where we were working together, um, they actually hired someone who has got like 30 years of experience in retail. So he was like a category manager within um, a cosmetic company and he got hired into this tech company because he's got all that industry experience and he can actually talk to customers in the retail space in a meaningful way that's not only touching tech but also like their business objectives and how they think about transforming the business too yeah that's such a good point because i'm currently hiring um for a role in my team and i look at it from a the makeup of a team so if our team is lacking in someone that has that industry experience then that's actually the profile of the individual that i will be looking for like what skills will they bring in to create like a diverse mm. team with lots of different ideas different experiences different strengths that they bring as well to really um make us like super superstars what sort of made you guys decide like what sort of criteria did you look at when you decided to move kp do you want to go first uh yeah i think that for me um moving moving to a competitor at the time was an easy decision i think that like i had um it was how did i like i remember my skip skip level manager giving me a call and asking me why i'm leaving um and i basically said that it's time to move it's similar to having a long-term partner who you love but not in that way anymore that's the exact phrase i the sex used. has died <laughs> yeah the spark has been the, has, it's gone the spark has waned and so it was really like I was really at a point in time where I needed to leave the nest mm. and to experience something different. Um, and I and it was one of the best decisions I made in my life because I got to see a different type of organization. It gave me a lot of confidence that I would could be successful no matter what organization mm. I could join. And then um, that ended up being incredibly... Um, like it, it allowed me to pick up skills that my original company really ended up valuing and so I got uh, poached back um, and I was able to re-enter a business in a segment of a business that I probably would have not been able to make into had I stayed well it would have taken me a lot longer so I, I, I now connect I moved from pretty much shifted from a sales role to um into marketing and operations on the product side of the business and that's something that's a transition that's actually quite hard to make from a sales career and by doing that I guess zigzag move allowed me to get to where I want to be a lot faster because I had my eye on this role probably in five years down the track it ended up happening two years down the track a lot faster than I imagined and I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not exited at the time. Yeah. I think for me, 
was on somewhat a similar journey in terms of my thinking process. Mm. I was like, bored is probably not the right word. Looking for a new challenge. I, yeah, I was just looking for something different. And I think sometimes when you're in an organization for a long time, I felt like I was just really drinking the Kool-Aid too much mm. in a way. Like I knew how they are in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the bubble and I needed to get a fresh perspective. Like one manager said to me, Jules, the grass is not going to be greener on the other side. I am on the other side now. And I can tell you, it's not greener. It is more challenging. It, it's totally different. Mm. You know, this organization that we keep anonymizing, <laughs> it's a huge organization, right? Mm. So somewhat you do have a cushion under your ass a little bit. But when you leave a company that gives you that cushion and you suddenly go somewhere where the cushion is ripped <laughs> from your butt, yeah. <laughs> you're doing all the hard yard. I mm. so I essentially moved from a, you know, what is it? 150 or 200,000 people organization yeah. to maybe 10,000. That's still a lot That's of people. Still a lot yes. of people, but the scale is a little bit yeah. different, right? Yeah. So for me as you guys heard earlier, I'm always chasing the dollars. Mm-hmm. Um they offered a great incentive. Yeah. Um, and compensation package so I thought you know what I need a fresh perspective I'm going to take it Mm. and so I took it yeah I can relate to both of you actually and um, yeah I was at the previous organization for about six years so I started as a graduate as I mentioned before and then I stay and I pretty much got a really good experience moving from marketing to technical account management to sales and then at some point um I was like, you know, it's, it's definitely time for a new challenge and definitely, you know, I, there's definitely life outside the bubble and I just need to go explore for a little bit. Um, but to, Jewel, to Jewel's point as well, like it's so much easier for you to increase your earning potential when you move from one organization to another, especially if you're joining a competitor. So if financial compensation is something that you care a lot about, it is a good strategy um, but again, as Jewel says, when I move from th- this old organization to a new one, the team that is joining, even though, you know, we're within a big organization, we still operate like a startup and yeah, you have to kind of make your own way and create your own processes in a way. But what appealed to me was the segment that I got to work with because growing up with a family, with a small business, I've always been really curious about you know how people set up businesses the ideas that they have and in this role right now I get to work with you know founders I get to work with startups um, and it is actually what I really enjoy right Mm. but I guess when you if you're thinking about moving roles going to a competitor um, and you know I I, I think one of the key things or I'm not even going to say tip because you know who am I not I'm not the wiser yeah this is not uh, career, like full advice. advice. Yeah, but Take away. this is not personal advice. This is not personal advice. It's more just, you know, if I, and I, I, I'm really glad I did all the things that I, like the due diligence in the lead up to taking the role. Like I talked to two different people on the team. I talked to other people working in the organization to understand what the culture is like. 
Um, but you can even go as far as like understanding the HR policy, what's important to you, right? If you're in childbearing age and you think that you really want to think about egg freezing or fertility benefits, then you know make sure that you tick all those boxes because when you're in an organization, you want to make sure that you're performing. But for you to perform, you need to have all of your bases covered as well. Mm. So, yeah, I think the other thing to think about is the type of person you are. What is the cultural fit? Mm. Right, like, does a culture in a large corporation does that fit for you, or do you prefer working in, you know? A startup, or you're just going to think about where do you flourish in particular types of environments? Yeah, uh, people, uh, leadership. So that, you know, culture is not just hey, do we go out for drinks? It, yeah. It's about the entire organization and what works for you. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that that was actually a key sticking point for me is that the what the company stands for and the company values mm. really needs to align to you because I think that if you're operating not in alignment with your values, you will actually feel it. You won't enjoy it. Mm. And so finding an organization that you actually really believe in their mission and um, what they stand for, I think is really important. Going back to TT's point on making sure that the company works for you not the other way around yeah so hey we we cover so many different topics in today's episode and i think this is a really good sort of if you will like a a teaser or like a a bit of a taste for you to understand you know what our future episodes around career might look like because we have so many different paths that we can explore um but i really like what you said there around as well like aligning your values to the, the company or the career that you're going for um, and I think that's actually going to be our next podcast episode, isn't it, Jules? Yeah, so look, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, our second episode and getting to know the three of us. We'd also like to get to know you all as well. So please comment on our Facebook page, our social media, you know, rate and subscribe us because that's where we get the opportunity to understand what you want to hear about and, you know, what kind of opinions um, or potential advice that we can provide based on our personal experiences and to Titi's point the next episode is all about introspection understanding who you are your values do you recognize particular behaviors about yourself and how do you actually go about figuring that all out and aligning with you as a person your core and also managing a successful career. Yeah, because how would you know what will make you happy and fulfilled and you know being the best self that you can be if you don't know what it is that is your core self, right? Absolutely. So much to unpack. But for now, thanks for listening. Let's, Let's take, take it, it offline. offline.